Hello, everybody. You're listening to Common Ride with me. I'm your uh, creaky cabinet kip. With me is a uh, lost little uh, sewer grate, Steph, and <laughs> also Shuttle Boy, David. Shuttle Boy. Sewer grate. <laughs> okay, I'm here for it. Yeah, uh, they're horrors. Oh see yeah, in the definitely. world. Hey, that's what was written on the bathroom wall when I was in school. <laughs> sewer grate. Horrors. <laughs> oh. I see. Sewer grate was for a different reason. For a good time. Open the sewer grate. <laughs> I would never go hook up with somebody named Sewer Grate. <laughs> we all float down here. I've uh, seen garbage pail kids. <laughs> we all have. A uh, sewer grate would be the worst. Just like it would be like a picture of like some hot girl, but like just like a stink line coming from like her pubes or something. Just like <laughs> Sewer great Stacy. Oh God, <laughs> Stacy makes it worse. Oh. <laughs> Stacy's mom. Too close to my name. <laughs> okay, there's. I don't. Stacy's a pretty good like generic S name. <laughs> That's true. Sewer great Stacy literally sounds like she got like killed by Freddy or some weird garbage pail <laughs> kid. Have you ever heard the urban legend of Sewer Great Stacy? <laughs> She got pulled into the sewers by a crazy clown. And that's why you always finish all the pasta sauce with your bread before you eat the bread. Or yeah. turn it like Sewer Great Stacy. Uh, but no, uh, speaking of urban legends here, it's us, your urban legends, the Copyright Me Book Club, talking about Golden Knight Garo, or Garo, the 2005 uh, Midnight Toku series. Uh, and yeah, uh, this is our new series. It's Midnight Tokyo, which is like aired late, has some more stuff in it, which this show has. But some more stuff is a good way to describe it. <laughs> you know, has some more stuff in it. Uh, that's what I always say. Uh, it's double stuffed. How's that? I was going to say there's two times as much stuff. Damn. Best kind of stuff. More like 10 chef loads. <laughs> uh, but no, um, how's everyone doing tonight? It's morning for me. I've just finished my coffee. I'm good to go. I'm good. Glad it's Friday. Ready for the weekend. Happy to not have to be at work for the next couple of days. So yeah, this week sucks. Uh, I have had way too many like meetings. I just want to like go see movies. But uh, I am glad to be here though. Though it's weird to be like I like meetings and now I'm in a podcast. But this isn't a meeting. <laughs> this is a melding. This is a jaunty old time. Yeah, and. Our jaunt of this week is the first five episodes of Garo, uh, which just have the titles on hand are Picture Book, and depending on uh, what metadata place, uh, Inga or Shadow Self, uh, there's a Clock, there's Dinner, and there's Moonlight. Those are the first five episodes of Garo. Yeah, Inga, Inga is a weird term. Like you can you can translate it so many ways, like Dark Self, uh, like your your ego like your your the dark part of your ego or like your shadow version of you or whatever right it's it's a really weird like conceptually when you think about it you're like oh yeah i could describe this in like eight different ways in english but like when you just see it in japanese and you're like how do i choose what words to use because they all kind of make sense but they're all kind of not quite what it means yeah that's a lot of language too like there's lots of but like yin self and stuff and like the dark yeah, energy is like yin yeah self and yang self and all that other stuff but basically it just means it's your worst dorian gray ass like like um 
like part of yourself. Pretty right. much. I mean, yeah. As we start though, like I want to talk about like um the background of Garo, and that is that like this is like the last real franchise that started in Toku. Um, and at the time, like just starting a franchise is like a weird thing to consider. So I guess like um A, how do we feel about the show? And B, like, does it make itself a clearly like its own thing that's like separate from like Kamen Rider and like Sentai and like Ultraman? Yeah, I think it definitely does. It it there's a definite um like more of a grittiness to those than there seems to be with the common writers that it isn't afraid to touch on a little bit darker themes and imagery and just kind of, um, I don't know, being more adult, I guess, than the common writers that we've watched so far. At least that's how it came out to me. I feel like, um, for this show, definitely like you can tell kind of from moment one, like that first episode when you play it, and it's got that English voiceover, which I I had not watched Garo for like a long time. I think I watched like the first two episodes. But I completely forgot about that like English voiceover at the start. And it's very clearly like a person who actually speaks English saying that because mm-hmm. it's like an actual good English accent. <laughs> so it, yeah, just like the the you know from that opening that this is gonna be something completely different than Common Writer. Like completely different. Right. Because, like, you know, you get, like, Kamen Rider, we're coming off of Deno, right? So people are following us from Deno to Garo now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you have this, like, song, like, about, like, yeah, we're doing, it's it's great, it's good, yeah, we're gonna fight the evil bad guys and beat them. And then Garo's just like, no, fuck that, we're going to, like, this tribal trance fucking theme song, there's no lyrics, and it's just, like, pumping, and there's just dudes silhouette fighting in the background, and there's, like, weird fucking text all over, but you can't read it because it's some, like, wacky... I don't know, weird language that they made up for the show or like it looks like Sanskrit or something. Yeah, that uh, that opening really does just get you entirely psyched for what's about to happen. And I do have to say that with a lot of shows, even if they have a good opening, usually like the first couple of minutes of the show kind of let you down. Not with this one. Like it kind of just throws you right into the action head on. So I I really enjoyed, you know, the very strict departure we took kind of from the formula mm-hmm. of the common rider series it's weird too because like a lot of the like toku series like were these violent things that had like this weirdness to them like, like even like like mid-2000s by the time like this is like coming out like you have like hibiki which is light for like the shows that had like been like directly before it. but it's just like i think something that like garo does is like it very clearly says okay we don't want to be for all ages because that's how you get to like the gigantic cast of like heroes and like toys and that kind of thing. And like to make ourselves so separate that we kind of can't become like the like Star Wars at the point where like it's like in like Walmart and like Target as like toys, like a cool way to do it. Because a lot of these shows like do just become so toyetic and like bright and like a little like bloated with stuff. Right. Yeah, and this one, it, the the way that I was kind of thinking about it earlier is that with the common writer shows, you can tell, I mean, obviously there is like some darker, grittier parts, but you can tell, you, you never really forget that it's a kid's show, but with this one, it felt more like a, a an adult show. I mean, I don't know really any other way to put it, or at least maybe like older teenagers or something, because it 
just didn't have a lot of that like whimsical feel that a lot of the common writers have. Yeah, too. And I think that um, like even in like the ones like from like before we like really watched, there still become stories about like dudes self-actualizing and like figuring out like their place in the world. And like mm-hmm. that is just uh, the momentum there is also like a lot different. Like not to say the show isn't going to be like about that in the end, too. It's already kind of like showing that it will be. But there's a like momentum they infuse to their plots at a certain point where it's like, OK, it's hard to be like grim like this can be at times yeah and this this show like does not shy away from that at all either like it's like from the first episode it's like i think it it sets a really good tone at the start with like the dude getting fucking like sucked into the demon or whatever Mm -hmm. like it it just shows it just goes okay this is what this show is like take it or leave it like it doesn't it doesn't like tiptoe around it and like have like dark parts here and there it's just like no this is what it is from the hop right i think it's interesting um how like plainly the show shows some of its like themes too because like it's just it's not messing around just like okay like it's so tuned in to the like 90s sentai thing of like humans like mirrors too much and that'll be their doing we've made a mirror monster like it's directly to like time is hard for people and that's why this horror is a watch it's like it's interesting how it's so close to like the genre for how different it's trying to be it's still like hewing very close just like in that different form you know mm-hmm. in different style but um before we talk about the show um let's talk about uh the people who made it the series was created and directed by uh kita amaya i'm gonna say that's almost correct Keita Amemiya. Okay. So it wasn't correct. Well, uh, regardless, um, he is a very big, like, director and, like, character designer, um, like, worked on stuff. Zeram was a couple movies and, like, anime series that was, like, in the 90s, like, worked on Jetman, which, uh, a great Sentai show. It's, um, incredible. Um, Black and Black RX, um, more modern stuff, too, but, um, his work in, like video games like okay like oh clock tower three like i know the clock tower games like shimikami tensei four it's like okay this is like a dude who's done a lot of stuff and like the other people on the cast wait you worked on you worked on smt4 yeah uh in what role like character designer or yes he was the creature designs that makes sense that makes so much sense Speaking of that, uh, the person who designed uh, creatures on this show, um, I'm not going to try their name. I will let David a moment, um, is best known for designing the Imogen and Kamen Rider Dan O. Oh, oh nice. wait, really? So next year, this is his job is like, he's like, huh. And they do huh. all kind of look a little like Imogen. That's our like. <laughs> they, you know what? Like, I think it's funny now that you mention that because it's like, this is what Imogen would have been if you had just let him go nuts. I've seen the concept art for like concept art Momotaros. Like I can see where I like I can see where Momo Momotaros is coming from. Like originally, like yes, I can definitely see the the going from this to that makes makes a lot of sense. So his like his art's not the most, but still you can like kind of see here too. But yeah, um, do you want to post the man's name so I can? Is oh I pr- pronounce it perfectly. There you know, I didn't pronounce it yet. Uh, but um, let's see if the person 
can speak Japanese. I mean, it's going to be like one of those like really weird fucking names. I'm going to be like Yasushi Nirasawa. Ah, okay. So close. It's actually no. <laughs> it's always like very funny to like see those lakes because a lot of these people like do end up like working on these shows and they're like, oh, we could use you in the mainline Kamen Rider. Here's more buddy to join the big right. franchise. But yeah, um, let's talk about like the show now though because i feel like it's team interesting it's like got like a like cool own vibe but um it starts um episode one which is starts from the perspective of um another name in um zagruda or zagruba zaruba zaruba okay zaruba yes the ring yeah the ring yeah zaruba he starts by telling us that like this is like the story of a knight that is in like shining armor and like cuts through monsters called horrors. And that's like a pretty like simple thing there. But then, um we get like the like first real like way things are different in that we see the monster take hold. It's not like a coin gets thrown in like a man. It's he is this weird old art curator that finds a box with a sexy painting in it. <laughs> also get you every time, honestly. Mm. I <laughs> liked how the show was like immediately like, oh Look at this, guys. Those are nipples. You're here for adults. <laughs> uh, yeah, they just kind of go for it, right? Like, that's what I mean. Like, that's kind of why I appreciate it that they're just like, yeah, like, here you go. Yeah. They they don't, they're not like, oh, you know, like, it's, it's like semi covered or something. It's just like, no, it's, here you go. Yeah, she literally pops out and asks him, do you like young girls? Like, they're trying to get that guy in trouble from the start. It's great, too, because, like, um, this is, like, very clear. And it's, like, messages, like, hey, let's show this guy. Like, he becomes only a different kind of predator. He, he like, isn't now a predator, though. He was already, like, somebody who was, like, like a young girls and, like, clearly a lot of the like implications there. So it's like most horrors are just, yep. Let's make this a little more literal. <laughs> this sin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We also get introduced to a uh, young Kaoru who is um, talking about a like book that she read as a child of like a golden knight and how there were demons. And, like she might've seen the golden knight. Um, and then we like meet her in the modern day. And what do you think of Kaoru? Um, hmm. I think that probably over time, Kaoru will get better, but Kaoru is just like that very stereotypical, like, ditzy Japanese girl character. What do you think, Steph? Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, she's already shown some potential. Like, she's obviously not afraid to stand up to anybody who kind of comes her way, but she also does kind of do some really strange things like when she's running away from her landlord instead of just telling him straight up she didn't have the money like there are some things she does that i'm like see i thought she was older than that so i don't know yeah i'm with david it'll i kind of want to see how she develops out because right now she just she isn't anything to write home about well (laughs) there's a very important thing that i think we'll get to in like a little bit that i want to like wait on like super talking about but 
she is immediately also saying, hey, this is 2005. I'm in these like green capris. I'm wearing these three polka dot color shirts. Mm-hmm. She's dressed like 2005 mm-hmm. to a T. Very. Uh, oh, God. I can't remember the singer's name who was popular at this time. Like <laughs> similar, similar to the there was. Do you remember the lady in uh, Deno when she had like the house full of dolls? Yeah. Yeah. And she also dressed wacky. It's, yeah, okay. it's based off that same singer whose name I can't recall. Fergie? No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't remember what her name is, but yeah. There was like a very popular singer at the time who kind of had like this very uh, tequito, like do your own thing kind of style. And people were kind of aping that a little bit. Yeah, I don't know who this is that, like you're talking about, but um, yeah. So she's like very much presented though as like this character who's like the most vulnerable innocent unknown of the world like she's like this weird like fucked up like Lois Lane but for like a shitty Batman where she's just like (laughs) 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 but like she's like I at least like how they contrive a reason why she's in all this shit because a lot of these shows just like be like oh did you know there's a monster in the back of the new cafe you started working at? Oh, no. At least it's, like, relevant that she's part of things, like, in the plot. Yeah. Yeah, and it does make me laugh. One of the things that I noticed was that they just keep calling her that woman, that woman. And she just doesn't care. She's just like, yeah, I'm still going to ask you for the money for that painting I fucking sold you. Like, you call me whatever you want. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the other part of the show is that we see this guy hanging out in the bat cave just like and like he's fighting some saws of a sword like he has a butler like show me like oh a ruby the size of the tangerine i think this is a new horror master <laughs> goga but uh, you know what you know what now that you mention it i did not make the batman connection but he's totally fucking batman yeah yep mm-hmm. yeah he's batman which like isn't a bad thing to be hey here's like our like intermittently horny like batman witcher show <laughs> i can see it and um it's also um 50 shades of gray he's got his like nice little room of pain oh out. yeah i guess mm. drawing all kinds of connections here the hyperbolic dom chamber i think he calls it oh uh, <laughs> <laughs> and if he doesn't he should I think I just made somebody's like next jean jacket, hopefully. <laughs> Hyperbolic Tom Yeah. Amazing. How long it's been? Well, you boys have one hour, which is five days. But regardless <laughs> of <laughs> uh, yeah, so we only get hints of um our little like hero so far, but we see this like young artist in like Kauru, and she's like trying to show her art off at like a local like exhibit where we see the man from before is um now possessed and like eating people and um she tries to like grab her hand to like finalize their deal and she runs away she's like oh this is just what i am going through as a woman he's not a weird demon and Mm. like misses it like very slightly (laughs) right 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 but um then like (laughs) A lot of the episodes like don't really have a middle part. It feels like a lot of time it feels like we get the inciting acts 
inciting action and then it gets to the ending really quick which is like different too but i guess because like our actual like hero is so strong that's like part of it but like it feels like this episode just goes too to be like oh um it's the end though we do have one kind of um scene before where we meet um her extremely fucking stand user like 2006 therapist <laughs> oh my god this fucking guy who who I named who I nicknamed Mister Haircut because man what a I I don't I don't want to look up his his uh yeah his thing because he's a named character so I have to assume that he does something also because he has the most two thousand five J pop ass haircut I swear. This like Hiroshi Tanahashi looking ass with his shirt open. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like, okay, like this man has like this he's like J-pop as fuck. He lives in like this fucking Spanish villa somewhere in Japan. I don't know where the fuck they film this. And he's just like there, like talking to her. He's like, Oh well, uh, you know, maybe you have trauma from your past life. And he's just got his shirt open with like a fucking he's you can see he's got this big like gem necklace and shit, and he's like Ma, well, you know, it sucks to be you, I guess. Uh, shame your parents are dead. <laughs> yeah, so, like, it's, like, really bad that in Cry Mally, Joe Chill killed your parents. But anyway, I, here's my book, deliver it. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen my hairy chest? Please, look. No hair. He's just completely... No hair, man. Yeah. He's, he's a J-pop man. He got Was nobody it? hair. Oh, okay. He's aerodynamic from the, <laughs> the shoulders down. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, no, that's why he tied his hair in a ponytail. He just need he he needed to make it more aerodynamic as possible. Only Kaoru could think this man's a real therapist because, like, yeah, no, it's a recurring theme. Nobody in their right mind would go like, oh, "I need a therapist." Go to this guy one time and be like, "Yeah, this guy seems like a good therapist." Yeah, really. Seems real legit. Yeah. You know, if you can buy and sell forty copies of my book, you'll have higher thetans. I just find feel like I'd end up in his basement, just mm-hmm. some weird psychological experiment, and it would just be me having to look at his different shirts all day. That would be all it was. There's a point later where she like cuts herself peeling an apple for her friend, and oh, then God. like a yeah. doctor is like, oh, hey, let me suck on that for a minute. Like, oh, you're really hurt. <laughs> I know, and she just doesn't say anything. Like, yep. She's like, oh, this is perfectly normal. She's I like, would be huh, okay. horrified. Mm. Like, she's a fucking unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt over here. She's never <laughs> met a person. She really is. I'm a mole woman. Just, uh, I've if if a doctor sucks on your finger, it's like head tie tie, but you're about to be murdered. And maybe both. <laughs> it's just, yeah. But yeah, so she's really dumb um, in like certain ways. <laughs> and also the way they present him, he's Batman, he's Christian Grey. That's what I realized. This show is actually secretly like just like a like smut novel series parading as Tokusatsu. Oh. It's way cooler than that. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that like literally the way the series is framed is this like uh young anjudu woman who's like all sad she's like the right age to feel old but still be very young and she's like super virginal and like doesn't know things keeps meeting this guy who is like has reasons to like put rings on her and like be rude to her and get close to her it's like oh it's all right he's not like breaking your personal space he's just a like monster killer 
And it's all these meat cute setups for these different kinds of awkward to like make her blush. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like there's literally like a like scene of like, stay close to me. I don't care about you. You look like my mom. Your food's bad. <laughs> yeah, he's a little he's a little bit tsundere, isn't he? <laughs> and that's what is in a lot of these like smut like romance things like Oh, like I'm like just can't believe I'm doing scullery, but the Duke has his wants. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It's not a bad imagine. thing. It's just it's just a thing. Yeah. God. But no, um <laughs> You look like my mom. That part killed me. <laughs> that is the most Yeah. How do you come back from that? <laughs> I love okay. I, I love that, that that scene, the way that that scene is set up where he like this is like in episode like four, like we're skipping ahead, but he like eats her fucking curry and he's like, this is fucking terrible. I wonder how your mom's cooking tastes. And then it literally jump cuts to her going, my parents are dead. My parents are dead. <laughs> my mom never taught me cooking because my parents are dead. So, yeah, that's incredible. We should mention, though, that um, a recurring theme is that she's a bad cook in later episodes. And I wrote down what she made. Uh, for him in that episode, if you want to hear it oh, right there, it looked like uh, it looked like um, bitter melon fucking curry or something. It was um, a saucer of brown broth with some leaves, corn, green olives, a cherry tomato in the middle, and sprinkles on top. Mm. Interesting, delicious. That like literally sounds like how you get a hernia from diarrhea to me. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, so like to go back to the plot, though, um, the way that like this episode like ends is that um, we see this guy uh, who's really serious and he comes up to the art gallery and mm-hmm. um, also like it's like when like Cowrie's there and he tries to make her leave and buy her painting and stuff. But then it's time for a big old fight, and he has to like fight traps and ninjas and everything. And what do y'all think of like the action like in the show? I really liked it. It's so fucking good. Yeah, I mean, you can't not just want to follow along. This this like literally like is just absolutely slam dunks on anything I've seen in Common Rider. Mm-hmm. Like straight up over its head. Balls hit its nose, dunks on it. <laughs> the worst kind of dunk. Yeah. I like a good just like um fight with people not in suits sometimes, where it's like, oh, this is great. They're like moving. There's a like a lot of wire foo going on. They have Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of wire foo in this. Yeah, and they're not afraid of it. And which but I, don't I really care because it looks awesome. Exactly, yes. For me, I super love the first series of Pirates because they had like stunt people and like dancers and like fighters and stuff like as the main characters and like their acting wasn't great but they were like doing flips for like 15 seconds and that's like I liked here that I could see this like dude's hands moving and at least like maybe he's not like that fast in real life like, like that coordinated but he was able to get this four second chunk of like close up fighting down you know yeah it it's so, it, but like you can feel like the, the thing that like usually in Common Writer like never really gets sold to me. Sometimes is like, 
usually in the common rider, the common riders are like supposed to be like super powerful, right? So like sometimes they like punch each other and there's like no fucking reaction, and then other times they punch each other and they go like go like flying like a fucking kilometer, and it's always so just like back and forth. Whereas this, it felt like every time someone got like hit or thrown, it felt like impactful or weighty. Like like the all of the characters that are fighting are actually strong so that when they fucking hit each other and send each other flying it makes sense yeah because also like it's like it's committing to the wire through bit in a way that like it's just like this is like the style of fighting the way like we showed things whereas a lot of people like are like just on the ground in common rider and like sentai just like oh they're jumping really high and they're floating but they're not like moving between motions like this right i think it's it's aided a lot too by his getup. I was supposed to say that. Because Koga Seijima is just the coolest looking motherfucker. Seriously. He looks so goddamn cool in that fucking yellow, or not yellow, that white long jacket. <laughs> if it's yellow, that would be wild. <laughs> oh, he just, he just looks, he just looks so cool. And like, it's got all those like metal parts on it. And he's wielding this like bright red, like Chinese Jan. And it uh, just, it's, he looks so cool. I wrote down one mean bit of like notes, but like I'm gonna say it. Please don't, please don't judge me. But um, <laughs> Koga's outfit was made specifically so that anybody slightly portly that wanted to cosplay him would look terrible. That is just oh, the 100%. way. Yeah, dude, he has like a, he has like just this tight ass like leather chest piece that he wears at all times, and they never explain it. So like, I really nope. hope it's just like he likes it. <laughs> I love I love I love that they don't explain it and it's just like him like walking down the street in this fucking like cosplay getup. But in Japan that's like not like super out of the norm. You just like kind of see those people sometimes if you go to like specific areas of Japan. Like there's a guy in Shibuya that I sometimes see. He's just always dressed up like Don Flamenco from One Piece <laughs> and he's just there. And I'm like, "Okay, like he just lives here." Okay, sure. Right, like so, seeing this dude walk down the street dressed like a fucking uh, Chinese magical gimp man is like okay, cool. He looks fucking cool. I don't care. Two very important notes. One, we see him like lounging casually later. He's still wearing the gimp outfit, and he must never take that off. It must smell no. crazy in there. Oh yeah. Oh god. Nah, it's just a hassle to get back in, right? You got to put all that fucking like you know lubricant on to get in there. If he was lubed up, his magical fire would be a real, real liability. <laughs> real, real problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, his outfit is so much. He's like this weird, like Kaiba lookalike. Um, with his like, oh, he does look like, like Kaiba. He yeah. does, but like, he's like a tallish dude with like very two thousands like hair. Like he's like just in this ridiculous outfit, and it's great. But um, he looks like um, <laughs> there's this Key and Peel sketch where like this group of vampires is talking and then there's like this new vampire like he's just like a normal guy who's like hey so i just became a vampire so i wouldn't miss jetpacks um what <laughs> <laughs> what's going on with these outfits are these like part of being a vampire and then, like the vampire lord is like no and then everybody like switches to like normal outfits and that's kind of what's going to happen i think when we see him be like oh there's no armor it's just a, a jacket it's nothing. <laughs> but yeah, um 
I do like to like he's fighting a lot without transforming. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I like that. that. And it's like it's not just like fighting, like swinging the sword fighting. Like he's doing like acrobatic shit, and like the, the actual sword fighting looks good. And I think that helps that like in this like first episode, like too. It's like oh, like the monster and the item fuse becomes like it's like unique form. It's time to fight, and like he's like so much overpowering as like Garo too. Like it's like a like limited thing. There's like a time limit. Um, I assume that that comes up like as an important plot point later because like they're showing it and it's like oh he has a hundred seconds as Garo. I assume. Yeah, I was wondering about that, too. I couldn't quite figure out what was going on with that countdown. It's interesting, too, because, like, other shows, like, most famously, like, Ultraman have, like, had a countdown, but, like, they aren't, like, literally shown like that, so they kind of fudge it, where it's like, man, Ultraman's been fighting for three minutes for, like, ten minutes right now. <laughs> like a soap <laughs> And he only opera. has 30 seconds to be Ultraman. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, like, cool it's, like, a, a shown thing, because it lets them not brush it away as easy. Mm-hmm. And, like, in later episodes, it, like, comes up and shows the countdown again. It's like, oh, it's down to 70 seconds now. Yeah, and um, what do you think of, like, seeing him for the first time, like, his armor, his new sword, like, all that stuff, as Garo? Um, I will say, just given what the suit looks like, there's no way in hell that he's, like, rolling around and, and jumping around, because, like, that stuff is like gold plated <laughs> and it would get scuffed so quickly and just look like it, it, they would have to like replate the entire suit over and over and over again. So there's no way in hell that he's like jumping and flipping around in that thing. It's just to CG in the show when it's like, yes. Yeah. All the monster fight things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What do you think when like you saw Gar for the first time stuff? Oh yeah, I oh it was such a cool experience for me because you're right. I mean, everything about him does kind of have a Batman vibe, so I really enjoyed that it was just this completely unique uh, suit experience from what we've seen before. Especially when you get to see like all the effects come together, and he, you know, you see him do it a couple of times throughout the series, and to me, just every single time I get just as excited when he does it because it's just such a really cool and that way fucking that. theme song plays yes with like the chorus. everything about it it's just so oh, exciting it's so good <laughs> and i love how like it's so quick too it's like half these fights are like done in like five seconds it feels like yeah yeah when he turns into garo he he jobs people yeah like, He's just like, oh, okay, we're done fighting now. Fuck you. <laughs> Dead. Which is why I think he doesn't transform, like, immediately, which makes it really cool. Yeah, there has to be some kind of, like, I don't know, because obviously I haven't seen the rest of the series, but there has to be, like, a reason why he's not doing it, because he has to use it as, like, the timer, right? He, right. He, if he If he can't finish the fight in those 90 seconds, like, he knows that he's definitely fucked. They show him, like, in... The next episode, like purifying his sword. So, I wonder if, like, maybe it's like, oh, the armor needs some kind of upkeep that, like, is like prohibitive. Right. So, he'd oh, rather that would, just that would make know. sense. They're all about things being like tainted and everything having to be a very specific way. Is that what world, he's doing so. with the sword when he sticks it in the like the statue thing? Oh, because it has like the horror blood on it, right? Okay, that makes sense. That's See, like, and that's such a cool, such a cool detail that I didn't exactly clue into. Same, and like, 
something like, oh, if it gets too tainted, you'll be a horror night or something. Who knows? Right. But um, this then leads to some blood spattering onto like Kaoru, and she's just like, oh no, I'm dramatically knocked out. And um, the blood is going to like um, make her die eventually, we learn, but until then, the horrors are going to be attracted to her more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, another like romance novel like smut scene is that she's getting carried home and it's like oh like you're heavier than i thought she's like ah asshole (laughs) just all how all good romances start telling someone that they're too heavy to deal with well you've never seen professional wrestling (laughs) (laughs) but no yeah you're right uh only in novels and and like tv shows i think the second episode though um is a uh, a little interesting it honestly sets up some things that the show is not going to like focus on more like we see her in her apartment and she can't afford it and like she's trying to like escape to go to work because she can't pay rent mm-hmm. the reason why i'm calling it like a ya or like romance or like spot novel is that like the tropes it's very clearly like focusing on like this person's like oh i'm so glad i met this distant man who <laughs> is cool to date and nobody else like could like make him love them. And like, she set up the same way where she's like in this hapless role in life. She's like, I can't even afford a red and I work and get a melon like red shop. Mm. But yeah, um, I thought like to like skip ahead that her like antics about not being able to pay rent would be like a big thing of this show. And then she's like, no, she got evicted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty quickly. I actually kind of liked that. <laughs> It was very true to life. The show kind of like alternates she's like making her sad and dealing with life to like making her like this like weird menace too though. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Um, yeah, it's pretty interesting because isn't it the very next scene where she like inadvertently poisons the girl whose house she decided to take over? In the next episode, I think. Oh, is it? Jeez, uh, look at me jumping all around again. But no, um. And, like, she just, like, leaves her job to, like, chase down this dude. Cause, like, he tried to buy her painting and, like, took it, but, like, forgot to pay. And, like, that's their big, like, keep talking um, point now. Is like, every scene, she's like, you forgot to pay. You have to pay. And he's like, I'm not paying for that. <laughs> I'm not going to pay you. Can, you. can you imagine, though, watching someone transform into a superhero, fight a demon, and still being bold enough to walk up to them and ask them to pay you for a painting? Like, she saw all that with her own eyes, and she's just like, fuck that dude, he didn't pay for what I made. <laughs> hey man, he owes her money. Exactly. Like, <laughs> that's why she's an interesting character, though. I mean, I can't I can't be mad at it. <laughs> right. And she sees him, like, go up to a wall, and that's where, like, he's in cool wall time. He, like, purifies a sword, meets a dude, sees some teenagers? Children? Sees some little girls on swings, yeah. So, uh, I did some some looking. They're like one character. Yeah, that's what I got too. Like they s- seem like the fates or something, right? There's Keru, Beru, and Rose are the three. Okay. But they're like uh, they're like a weird, uh, like amalgam character who's like split into three people. It's fucking weird. I don't. They're called Golm. Okay. Not- There's like a sixteen year old, a twelve year old, and eight year old. Yeah, there you go. And they're like hanging out and they have like some wigs on, some dresses. They're like, 
What are you doing about the horrors, Garo? The horrors. They don't have British accents. Not sure why I'm doing that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> they would if they were in an English show, for sure. And he's like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm doing horror stuff. I'm real cool, huh? And they like keep asking questions, about, like why he saved the girl, and he's like, I'm just having her lure stuff. And they're like, you care for her, Garo? And <laughs> he's like, no, I don't. Um, I think our next show should just be Kip doing a recap, but in a British accent the entire time. Oh, that would be horrible. <laughs> yeah, and like, okay, do you, you know like the butler guy in in that place? Who's like, yes, Mark mm-hmm. Moustache. He, the younger one, yeah. yeah Mark Moustache, okay, you know who he is then, okay. Yes. He's a, he's, he's got that dog in him, Mark Musashi. that's what I'll say. Yeah, Mark Musashi's done some shit. Like, oh, professionally. Yeah. Not like... Yes. Oh. Not, <laughs> I was like, should we not he's, be letting him around these girls on the swings? Like, everybody relax. <laughs> <laughs> he's been in Avatar. Oh. He's done... Uh, he was in another common writer, uh, Dragon Knight, so Ryuki. Mm. Um, yes. He's, uh, he does, like, the motion capture in The Last of Us. Oh, he did wow. the motion capture from Titanfall 2. Um, what else has he been in? Uh, he's a start performer for Arkham Knight in the the Batman game. He's in Agents of Shield. Like this dude is like this man's working. So like to, to see say, him, sh- to see him show up as like some weird fucking like stuntman butler is kind of like mm, I wonder if he's gonna do anything later in the show. Like is he gonna fight demons in the show? Because that would be cool. I kind of have to wonder, yeah, if they're not gonna throw him in somewhere. Because even you know a show that was made a couple of years ago definitely wouldn't waste that talent. I wouldn't think just on someone who never says anything. It's very like your dad's Kurt Russell. He's going to do some shit in this movie. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly right. But oh, yeah, um, he's one of those dudes who he like does so much like extra work by just like being like Hollywood and like the Japanese side of it. Like, too, he's like, that's not a lot of people like who do both, you know? Nope, definitely not. That's pretty cool. And uh, the, the plot of this show is uh, there is a chain money based, a cryptocurrency based or scam <laughs> yeah cryptocurrency based that's exactly work. what it reminded me of too <laughs> has chain powers it tells people in one year you'll make 20 times your money and Kauru's like i'm not good at math but this makes sense to me yeah yeah not a genius that one nope and of course like her whole thing is like she holds these seminars and like be- before she gets like possessed we see her like talking to some dude she used to date and he's like i want my money back she's like what money? <laughs> this is a scam. It's all gone. You still have feelings for me. And who's gonna buy? There's like actual like adults in that room when the Kauru's there, like people that have like yeah. done their stuff. I don't know. It's it's crazy. And honestly, I will say though, in this episode, I really, really thought that she was going to be my favorite horror until one that comes later on. I I just I liked that whole thing with um. Oh, she looks cool. Yeah, yeah. Not only like with the change and everything, but like with them talking about how you know it's people's love of money and which I know is a trope that's been you know done to death. But I liked the way they did it with this one. I thought it was pretty cool, and I loved the fact that they modernized it by putting her in the smack in the middle of an MLM. Like you can't get any more relatable than that. So it's fun too. It's like this show is like a John Wick quality, where it's like oh, a bunch of stunt people or like people that have also done stunt training are going to show up. 
That's really cool. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's some scenes you can really tell that it had to be like a professional stunt person as opposed to an actor. Um, but that just makes it twice as interesting because you never know what's about to happen. And like David said, like the whole like Koga's costume is like the magician like painting his like nail red like to like mm-hmm. misdirect you. It's like, oh, it's so flowy and white that like you're not going to look at his face. Right. Right, yeah. It's I, I notice in this episode I noticed it a bit more, but like uh do you remember the scene where um the the horror uh gets thrown into the car windshield? Yes. It is very clearly a man in a lady's suit. <laughs> yeah, it was. Well in But one, I didn't care because it looked good. Exactly. And one of the things that I noticed while watching these scenes is that like perspective wise if you just walked in off the street you would see this giant dude fighting women in more than one scene <laughs> with chains shooting out of her body ex- well even then like when she, before she like transforms when she's still oh, just yeah a woman. that's right when and they're he, running through the office building. exactly and he does it with another horror too which for whatever reason is escaping me but i remember thinking okay that's twice now oh the schoolgirl. um that's twice now that if somebody walked in on the scene, they'd be like, why is he beating this woman so badly? <laughs> like, not knowing that she was a horror. It would just, I don't know, it was hilarious to me to think about. Uh, th- this horror horror thing is going to be a problem for us. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to up our rating for this uh, series. Uh, horror. 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 Just say it really slow and low. And yeah. It'd be okay. It would be okay if she was a horror, but uh, no. Uh, just beating that whore all up and down the road. Uh, but like, like an angry pimp. Personally, like if I'm that janitor, if I'm like Scruffy from the Futurama and I'm just like walking out, they'd be like, well, yup, she's doing some wire food too. <laughs> yeah, people are just kung fu wushu fighting in like fucking uh, car parking lot. You just be like, yeah, I'll come back later. Yeah. You're just like, they're clearly making a lot more than I am, so I'm going to let them take care of this, and I'll be on my break. You might be a redneck if you're doing wire food. <laughs> That's not my problem. <laughs> uh, it's funny to me, too, is, like, the amount of money that, like, Coward wants is also, like, not actually that much. She's, like, it's, like, what, like, um, she's putting in, like... 100,000 yen. Is what hundred thousand yen, so it's like ten k. Gave her like the fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, fifty thousand yen is like a hundred. Is like five hundred dollars, right? Yeah, about five hundred bucks. Yeah, oh, she'd get ten thousand dollars. Like that's not like nothing. That's a like a good amount of money for twenty times. Yeah, yeah. So five hundred times twenty, ten thousand. Yes, sorry, my brain's not working. Oh yeah, but like it's just like she's so sure like she'll be on top of the art world of $10,000. Like, I mean, uh, it wouldn't be nice, but you need that $500 now more, I think, yeah. to get evicted. That, especially for a lady who can't pay her rent and just got evicted. Right, and she's talking about how she's going to open up her own exhibition to compete with all these older established ones. $10,000 isn't going to get you there. Like, they're, nope. they're there Most because they've not. got millions and millions invested. So the whole thing is just kind of reeks of someone who has been sheltered for a really long time especially the fact that she buys into any investment is going to give you 20 times your worth in a year like <sighs> though maybe she's like maybe i'll get in on these investments like because it makes some nfts of my shit 
Yeah. Or like some uh, Herbalife. Or no, I don't think we're allowed to say the real names. Um, so oh, yeah, like you can Mineral say Life yeah. or... <laughs> I think that it was time for her to make her own cryptocurrency, but she missed the boat here. And uh, instead, she got to see another fight scene. Because Garo fights this lady. It's all fun. Kills her. And then he, she gets the money back. But uh, worth noting, she like borrows the money from her friend, who is another callback. She's the Yellow Ranger from Geki Ranger. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is weird, because that's like in a year or two. And I always assume that like the, like the youngest stock they can for those shows. Oh, 17. Come on. 18. Here you go. <laughs> And uh, that's the and to the third episode time, which is um or clock. My bad. Um, they're tracking down this like new horror that can like possess multiple people and like change its form. It like becomes a watch. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's a cool effect. It can, it can possess clocks is what I think the the its power is. Yeah, this is a really interesting concept, though, as far as like monsters go. I don't think i've ever seen anything like that and you know they point out in the show that it's kind of similar to things that other monsters do but i thought it was a really neat way to set up like that whole storyline it's like transforming too based on the kind of watch people want right Mm -hmm. yeah i thought that was really cool and uh yeah so it's like this hunt and like gets like chided by like the like glorbs because they're like ha 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 you or glom Glom. Golm. Golm, okay. Golm. And Golm tells him, this is the first time you ever haven't killed one of the ones. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Garrow? Garrow? Well, they specifically say that they're like, uh, Garrow, like, this is the first time you've, you've fought a horror that doesn't have a body, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? Yeah. And there's different types. It's like, oh, how do you find this one? And I love the way this kills, though, because it, like, twists people into sand the first time we see it kill. Yeah. Oh, God, it's brutal. And uh, just, like, it's, like, such a um, cool way. It's, like, changing forms, like, running from place to place. Like, we see these, like, it's, like, high school track team. And, like, one girl goes really fast. It's like, ha, huh, it must be because I found this designer watch on the ground. Then her legs disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her legs turned into sand, and then she fucking explodes. Point stuff. Um, I think you'd definitely be like, huh, there's just a dude showing up and fighting these like random like women, but also, <laughs> well, in funnily enough, this is also one of the um scenes that I was talking about where you could tell it was a stunt person instead of like a regular actress because that uh, the girl that's on the track team with the girl that gets disintegrated suddenly like jumps out and is like jumping over entire flights of stairs and like running across like oh these major yeah, yeah traffic area like just what we were talking about before and that was the first time it occurred to me like huh that wasn't ever an actress <laughs> that's why she faded into the background so easily i think it's very true that like if you were actually in this scene though you wouldn't like be like oh why'd this dude show up with this white jacket no our, like our friend's legs turned to say he's supposed to be here this is a professional yeah. <laughs> right yeah but he's also in the middle of a room where a bunch of teenage girls were changing their clothes so once again a little and bit also, of a problematic scene there <laughs> so it's like they're all changing their clothes the 
your friend's legs turn into sand and then she explodes. A dude in a white trench coat runs into the room, pulls out a sword, and then cuts the watches off your arm. Right. And you're just like, what the f-? And that's like all within like the span of like 30 seconds. You tell yeah. me you wouldn't feel reassured. Like, okay, there's a professional here. <laughs> Who fucking knows? I don't I don't know that I I, I kind of think I might be like the girls because what do you even do with yourself? Like you're standing <laughs> at that there, point you're just like, huh? Yeah, you're half naked. A dude just came in and like sliced the watch off of your hand with a sword that's longer than your entire body put together. And he just appeared out of nowhere. Like at that point, you just stand there in your underwear and you're like, whatever happens next happens because my life has just gone to shit. For all the schoolgirls in the show, they're at least good at not leering at them too bad. Yes. Which is nice. Like, is even That's like, true. Yeah. They don't do that. Which, like, being a late night show, there's like a, there's an alternate version of this show where they're like, oh, it's the train groping horror and stuff. And this show seems mm. like it's not really into that vibe, which is good. Hang on. We're only five episodes in. Let's get there eventually. Yeah, I'm sure it will. Don't worry. Uh, In, um... The 90 Setai Kakurager. Um, it's, it's like ninjas versus yokai, I think. And um, there's just a monster, a like flasher. Cool. Um, okay. Yeah. But no, uh, <laughs> in Toku, they could do it. That's all I'm going to say. Whatever they want to do. magical. Yeah. So after the ladies' legs explode, uh, <laughs> big fight scene. It, yeah. Yeah, they have a big fight scene. But then uh, it like possesses her friend or someone else that was in the room yeah. and then it jumps out a window and just starts running and gets hit by a car is doing all these fights and just oh he almost gets isekai <laughs> <laughs> but no um it's very funny to me that um just like it's all these people are just like walking by that could have a watch it's like oh look it's a new watch oh look it's a new watch <laughs> hey man if you found a watch on the ground you'd be like hey new watch <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you? I mean, yeah. Well, there you go. No, I'd turn it into police immediately. No, I wouldn't. Ah, uh, yeah. Fuck no. To me, it was like, well, like, kept, like, jumping around. And then, like, we check in on, um, like, on Tukawa, who's, like, delivering her therapist's midnight book that he needs to, like, like deliver to be published. He doesn't seem very prepared for a therapist. Yeah, that's true. Hey, They still have things to work out, you know? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, so, like, she's, like, biking this proof of his book over and then gets, like, off-screen brought to a clock tower. The clock tower is an eater. It's just holding her, like, Gar, let me eat this girl, and I'll leave you alone. Right, we should say that the 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 horror has possessed the clock tower. Yeah. So, like, now it is the entire building. Yeah, it's a like cool effect, too. It's, like, they research this horror, and it's, like, in these books, like an old drawing, it's like, oh, it's actually a building. Yeah, that was cool. They had like, they had like, uh, like tomes, like magical tomes, or like a monster manual of yeah. like, oh, this is this monster, and like the art in the books is like fucking cool. Like, I, is that like an actual? I want to buy that. Yeah, agreed. I bet it is probably. It's like some art probably. book because I also like made this like a pretty successful like anime that had more seasons. There must be an art book, probably. But no, um. And the fight's cool there because it's like um, he's like fighting the wall and he like cuts the building open and the horror flies out. Just like great fight scene there. And like it like leads to them talking more later about why they're keep meeting cute and she's waking up again. That's in 
the fourth episode, which is um there to talk about uh what's the theme of this one? Shit. Uh it is dinner. <laughs> dinner. There we go. I'm gonna get some dinner. Get some dinner. And we meet the miracle surgeon who does surgeries by himself with his head tentacles. <laughs> that uh yeah, he was my favorite horror out of all of them. He's great. He's just like this dude is like, look at me, I look ridiculous. <laughs> he was. I I loved the effect when he was doing his monster stuff. I loved the fact that he came across as just a very striking, charming individual up until he transformed. Like everything about him was the perfect villain for me. Oh, and the fact that he could like summon extra monsters on command. Uh perfect. Yeah, and like um his whole thing where like he has like this like weird coven full of monsters where like he has them hang out. Yes. Yeah, he's like weird uh like nurses. The part where he says go and clean up the mess and then they just like pop over and start doing the same shit he was doing. That was so good. <laughs> I just was not expecting it at all. And the way he like was evil too is a little like different because like a lot of the like horrors like let's not fight whatever let's be normal and let's hang out and then like he's just like no I'm just doing this it's like he's much more premeditated like he's like Oh yeah, like I like help people, and when they're at their highest happiness, mm-hmm. I will uh make them dead. And isn't that nice of me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least they died happy. Like he's he's justifying his uh his murder. Yeah. Like he's talking about like Fogua and stuff. And he's just like ah, this is normal. Cubans are the bad ones. <laughs> yeah. He's like he's like how how am I doing anything different than fucking like humans do to ducks he's like just because i eat you doesn't make it okay for you to do that to ducks yeah i i love an unrepentant villain like it that's just so great and like for the perspective of like hey i just gotta eat that makes sense but i'm sure like we'll eventually like meet like the yokai it's like i'm actually fine off cheetos dog like it just tastes better to eat people i'm sorry but (laughs) (laughs) right the one who really needs to eat anyone else but you know and yeah, um, it's just like a fun setup too. that like there's a nest because like it's like warded in a way where you can't transform or you can't smoke and he has to like fight them in his like human floor when he's getting caked up on. Yeah, he's like fighting like five on one, basically. What's cool here is that like he's warded. He can't fight them. He can't use like most of his powers like he's like needs to actually in- involve somebody else. To be like, oh, like mm-hmm. I can't like get near this, but like. You're kind of not human. You could do it. Yeah. And it, right, to, to Kaoru. Yeah. And yeah, she's there, it, of course. Yeah. Oh, sorry. It was No, it's fine. I was just going to say it was just a, a really cool way to kind of nerf how overpowered he is without doing anything that, like, would have been frustrating or dragged on for too long. Like, I really enjoyed the fact that he just put it in this arena of, no, I'm just going to put up wards and kind of make it to where you have to do something really exceptional to be able to fight this fight. And I thought it was a lot better than, you know, we get some thrown together like traps and tricks every once in a while in these shows, but to have something like he actually had to think about and strategize against, I thought was a really neat, uh, different way to introduce battle into the show. Well, it's interesting too, because like it shows that he is not like invincible, right? He's not just like, oh, I can just walk in, turn to Garo, and slice someone in half. Like, it's very 
very obvious in this episode that like he can't get through specific wards. There's things that can block his ability to turn into Garo. He can't fight like just endless enemies because they're like even like the jobber enemies can with enough of them can easily kick his ass. Right. And it's great because um, like it just um means like he has to like use other people and like he's so alone. We see like he's just just like it's said later. Oh, like he doesn't like care about like human connection. So he's just like having to involve others is cool for his character. And also it keeps him in that tension with like Golm mm-hmm. and with uh, their pr- protector. It's just like, oh, like, you can't do anything. Huh, Garo? You're a real dumbass. Hey, Garo. <laughs> Figure it out. So Kauru's there because she made her friend food and one bite instantly made her sick to be hospitalized. <laughs> Instant food poisoning. <laughs> and I don't know what she's doing. Like, this one looks kind of normal. There's like some celery in a sauce. Oh, that's fine. That's It wasn't celery. It was bitter melon. Oh, it was? Yeah. Oh, that's bad. Then that's it was the wrong like bitter sauce. melon in curry. Okay. She's just like putting curry on everything. Like, okay. Curry, curry, curry. This would be great, right? A curry on a pizza. Mm. But no. Uh, so like she like moves in with her friend after she gets evicted because she wasn't paying rent. And then she's like, my stuff's too heavy. How am I going to get evicted? And like her her landlord sees that she painted in the room. She's like, oh, my God, get out. <laughs> you destroyed my room. <laughs> and like she just like hangs out in her friend's place. It's like, oh, we'll like be like roommates. And also like while you're in the hospital dying, I'll just like have a bath and like hang out on your bed and just real weird one this cow mm-hmm. but she actually grows enough to get the board off because she like gets on the roof and also like this horror was very dumb because he could just been like hey that guy's a weirdo get away from her and he's like should be so delicious right he mm. he had the perfect opportunity there to kind of turn her against him and he didn't take it right though also i do think that once you suck somebody's finger and be like huh I'll be your doctor free of charge. It's not. You are suspect, I will say. Let me give you a full physical. Well, she she didn't suspect him. So there's no reason for him to think that he couldn't just say whatever the hell he wanted. And yeah. Back in, so. She does not trust Koga that much. She's like, oh, this guy keeps showing up. He's like romantic, like kissing scene taller than me. But I don't like him yet. Just I'm blushing around him. Yeah, she's got yeah. no sense of survival whatsoever. Yeah, which is why, like, I think she, like, this is, like, secretly, like, a romance novel. Because I feel like that's, like, a thing of romance novels. Like, oh, no, I accidentally fell down this hill and, like, got concussed. Had to stay in this guy's mansion and saw him shirtless. Oh, no, I'm blushing. <laughs> that's, like, all she does, I feel like. Yeah. Around here, I think, it was, like, when she gets, like, given the ring. Or that, like, a couple episodes there's a couple of it. That was like an episode two. But like she gets this ring and can't take it off. It's a whole thing like, oh, like, why'd you put a ring on me? And then like she gets taken to his house in the third episode to like deliver something and gets like told by his butler, Gonzo. Oh, hello. I'm Gonzo. I'm going to pay you for this. <laughs> his name isn't Gonzo. Yeah, Gonzo's, yeah, that's definitely right. Oh, Gonzo. My bad. Gonzo. <laughs> Gonzo. That's one letter. That's not bad for me. <laughs> hey what's going on here so like she beats Alfred and like it's told like oh like make sure like you're staying close to me and she's like don't tell me where to be and just all this 
stuff then like that like leads to um stuff later where like gonza is telling her that he had like a bad childhood and stuff and yeah um what we think of the situation with koga actually because he like makes these like points about money too he's like money so dumb was like dude you're super rich like you're like like you have a butt of course of course he thinks money is dumb he doesn't have to worry about money exactly his butler is like just like this the most butler for a batman ever who's like oh yeah he looks like alfred Uh, imagine having a butler and being like i don't understand why people value money so much fuck off (laughs) that's why yes you're right sir i've been paid an experience for 40 years (laughs) i've been an influencer most of the time Oh man, Gonzo would be great, just like on TikTok. Oh, I'm cleaning the master's <laughs> golden armor. Oh shit, I'm sorry. Shouldn't have said that. Just like doing TikTok dances with the ring, just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what two dudes look like when they're being guys? Uh, regardless of <laughs> the hospital, the ward is off and the fight begins. And that's another good fight. Like he like slays the three minor horrors and he has this fight rest to like set himself and his sword on fire. Yeah, that was fucking cool. Mm-hmm. He shoots laser beams. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it was really fun to watch. And I like how it's like his stuff is multi-purpose. He only has like three tools. He has sword, lighter, and ring at this point. Mm-hmm. And like maybe he'll get more, but like right now it seems like he's not a gadget guy, just like a can I set this on fire? No. Can I cut it? No. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. Shit. Yeah, that that's one way he's not like Batman, though, so you gotta give him that. I would also like to note that uh, the demon or the horror in this one is called Pazuzu. Yeah, and that's uh, from uh, The Exorcist, right? Mm-hmm. Nice. It's always fun to see, like, a Japanese media where they're like, let's use a notable demon, and they're like, oh, yeah. This is a uh, Zuzu. Here's Mephisto. Here's whatever. Just like all these like weird character names. Like, oh, that was just like a hey, like dude in episode four, huh? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Who's the one from like Ouija boards? It's like Zoinko or whatever. That's like bad demon. <laughs> Zoinko. Uh, I'm gonna find this. Uh, Ouija board demon. Zozo. Zozo. Mm. Yeah, Zozo is the demon from the Ouija board. He asks for his name to be spelled or whatever. You ask his name, and that's like what it spells every time when you're being possessed by Zozo. But anyway, uh, this last episode, uh, Moonlight, is um, cool as hell. It's my it's my favorite episode actually because like it's um, in the middle of it, there's this washed out scene of this like pharmacist who's been like, it's so good. He's being hunted for like a murder of his girlfriend. He has this random schoolgirl that was talking about urban legends earlier, like held up with a needle in her neck and like his childhood rival slash like a detective shows up and they're bickering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a really good episode. And um, it starts, though, like full on like Koga's in the city, like hearing people talk like he's daredevil, just like, oh, what's going on? Like, all this rumors, of urban <laughs> legends. Right. And he's so away from society. It's like, it's so fun to me how, like, because this is like a show starting out, he's not like trying to be like a relatable protagonist. He's trying to be like the Bruce Wayne. He's trying to be like the like 
first space sheriff, the first common rider. Like he's trying to be like iconic in a way where his struggles aren't really about his own like self. Despite the fact that by this time we know that his dad was the previous Gato that is brought up by Pazuzu, I believe. Yeah, but he's like, like, he's so much more like the archetypical, here's the, like the start of a franchise and like a mold than like he is like a character, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So like, I like the way like he's in these like urban legends here and like this mm-hmm. hard-boiled noir magical night monster hunter. Yeah. Noir is perfect. I think that's probably one of the reasons I'm enjoying it so much. It does really have that dark, gritty feel to it that keeps everything interesting. And like, I like how like a radio that like Cowers like listening to like is how we get clued in this whole plot line of like one milliliter of poison and you're dead, girl. Like I'm gonna like prove I'm not a murderer by holding you hostage, which always works in real life. Yeah. Uh. But um, in like the the romance plot, I guess. Um, like, Kaura's moved in and, like, taken over a room and Koga's like, why are you doing this? Like, you have a giant house. You're rich. I <laughs> can't afford rent. And, like, he says, like, this whole thing, like, you're gonna earn your way here, <laughs> which is also a very romance novel. Uh, it's a Duke and a Scullery Maid season in here. Yeah. Right. And her first thought was, I just gave someone food poisoning. Let me cook for this guy too i think it's just a like a like a, a like old like um yahoo answers or like something awful thing where it's like at a certain point you are like cutting into like support beams like where'd you get the green <laughs> olives to put in this curry what are you doing <laughs> there's definitely a point where it's like okay can you tell me where you thought this was all right you put the zd in the oven without cooking it first and just put it on hot that's not you make big ZD. Come on, Kaoru. We gotta figure this out. <laughs> oh, yeah. So she's living there now, and I'm sure that'll lead to lots of scenes of like, oh no, that's my mom's necklace, and it fell, and you look like her. Oh no. <laughs> oh no! I just accidentally stepped in here after you just got out of the shower. That's so weird. It's definitely like happened to like him, where he's like shirtless and like, huh? I got horrid <laughs> or like she'll have to like clean his wound or something like oh no like your back got cut up what happened it was a monster yeah 100 percent. Th- that scene exists somewhere in the next five episodes oh yeah so it's just um very funny like the show got there so quick like i assume like by now like they would have like agreed to work together and like she'd get paid but no it's like this is like still very early in their whole plot line though like, i'm gonna live with you <laughs> And um, then, like, the crime group gets trapped by this, like, grudge-style, like, demon of a goth girl. And they, like, make all these points about, oh, she's a demon of herself. She wishes she's not bad. So she left these butterflies to lead you away with her goodness. (laughs) Right. She's a, what do they call her? A lunar kin. (laughs) Yeah. I'm in a lot of those in my days. Yeah, it sounds like some offshoot of a furry. Yeah. It must be really hard when you're like a furry and you're like dating and you're a nocturnal furry and they're <laughs> they're like a daytime furry. Like when are you gonna meet up? Who knows? Are you even compatible at that point anymore? Yeah. It's hard because like they didn't know they were a bat till later on. Things change. But anyway, um <laughs> the whole scene of like them like shooting 
this horror when it's not ready to kill them yet and like her breaking the like pharmacist's arm or something to like stop his poison and then like the like teenage girl like just like hits her with like a door for a while till she's like knocked out it's like a piece of wood right yeah. like it's just like this like board of wood just like crushes its skull and then it like gets back up because it's actually way to eat until the full moon at midnight at like 1 30 i think and it's time but it's all warded off and then koga's like this ward's easy just gotta knock these people out so i can transform <laughs> yeah puts like uh magical seals on their head i've seen that before that's gotta be true um but then like the horror fully manifest to be like this other lady in like a ball gown and she has like the like sentinel ball from phantasm with the blades on it on the end just like yep. fighting them and they fight and men and women have emotions that's what i wrote <laughs> <laughs> they do have all the emotions yeah this is a good fight though mm -hmm. like it just the wire work is really good and like the fact that he's like he's like fighting like a just an ostensibly an object that's not there, mm -hmm. but like it's believable that it's there. And he's like jumping off the wall and like flipping in shit. And there's excellent wire work. Oh, it looks fucking great. Yeah, it's really fun to watch for sure. And I like how um they're making there be weight to the way he moves with the object. Right, right. And that's just like so important because how many times like have we seen like orbs of energy and then like somebody's like lies back a little bit <laughs> yeah. without even like getting on the ground. Yeah, this this show really does do battles, I think, better than anything we've watched so far. I, they're always really fun to watch. You always want to keep an eye on what each character is doing. Like the transformations are incredible. It's just that's something that they have absolutely nailed. Imagine like this episode like ends up being about like emotions and stuff. And it's like, oh, like he has no emotions because his parents died. I think they're dumb. And the Calvary's like, my parents are dead, and that's really sad for me. And then like, she finds out his parents are dead from like Gonza. And she's like, that's mm. kind of the rapper mm -hmm. here, I guess. But yeah. Um, and then like a post-credit scene, kind of. All the people who got knocked out by the horror are just in a taxi together? And then the pharmacist hears the radio, and he's innocent. Yeah. I remember thinking, if I was that little girl, you couldn't have paid me to get into a car with either of those dumbasses. I'm sorry, but she was the most mature one throughout that entire scenario. I wouldn't have wanted to be anywhere near those two. Yep. And the very last scene, she's on the like payphone with her friend. She's like, oh, yeah, some wild stuff happened. And I lost my cell phone. Can't believe I lost my cell phone. It's like, you right. were fighting the grudge. You were like... I wonder if those things like erase their memories from oh. a certain point. I assume that's what it that does. That would make sense. Yeah. That would make so much more sense than what they presented to us. She's like, oh, man, yeah, this guy, like, threatened to poison me. I lost myself. It's like, it's like, oh, I woke up in a warehouse with a cop and a pharmacist. <laughs> <laughs> Not again. That I don't remember going to. Yeah, I didn't need a cop or pharmacy work done, and yet somehow this is the cab I'm in. And it's one day till our friend's wedding, and we can't find him? Whoa, we're going to search Whoa. all of Vegas. <laughs> uh but yeah uh so that's like the first five episodes in a rough summary but i think i like this show yeah for sure Me too yeah it's creature designs aren't quite as good as deno maybe that's like really hone the craft next year i don't know i think these are like way head above any of those <laughs> deno had some weird fucking mole people that look like fucking one piece rejects 
I'm kidding. This is a very clear, it's like <laughs> all the fun designs, but um, it's fun to connect and be like, man, the death right. imagine is just a horror. What? Yeah, actually, yes, like 100%. Like, that could be a reuse, like a non use suit that they didn't use for Gar and they just had around. For sure. It's like, oh, yeah, I got it in my, got in my spare room. Just been sitting there. I mean, yeah, probably, but um, what do you think is next for this show? Like, where do you guys like think like the plot might go? Like, is it like time to meet a villain? Is it time to learn about a ritual or a, like the plants lining up? Or is there more like Monster of the Week stuff? Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of hard to tell. Obviously, it looks like they're really pushing like this idea of our hero and our clumsy girl eventually finding some common ground and getting together. Um, I don't know. It kind of seems like he's really focused on this whole thing of finding a way to not have to kill her. So I think that that might be part of it. Like, I don't know exactly what all this um, having the blood spilled on her means in the long term, but it kind of seems like that's his priority right now. Mm. We don't know how long that's going to take for her to die just soon. Right. I mean, they said there's like a limit on like 100 days, oh, okay. but I don't know if that's like, like yeah, Golm, Golm said it. Yeah. Golm said it was like, oh, there's, a, you know, after 100 days, you got to kill her because she'll turn into a zombie or whatever. I don't like they say that, but we don't know because like Golm right now is like three little girls on swings in a dark room. Like, I don't know what kind of a trust where the narrator they are if like what they say is true or if they're just like they have their own ulterior motives like you don't know and two like, i also think like um they can be like a little flexible with what's 100 days or whatever in this show but right, right yeah, yeah exactly they don't really have a consistent like way of time passing so far so they they've kind of left themselves some wiggle room there do we think we get like a ton of other nights and stuff like that for me i'm kind of feel like the show might just be garo maybe i think there'll at least be two more see the well here okay here's the here's the thing is is because in final fantasy 14 they have a garo crossover so i know that there's other knights just like based off of like what i've seen my issue is there's like way more garo series than this so I don't know if they're all from this series, if they're from different Garos, if they're like all the knights that are in that thing are like each the different, you know, main character of their own series. I have no idea, but I know there's more than just Golden Garo Man. So I assume maybe like one more might show up. Okay. Yeah, I'm thinking if there's any, it probably wouldn't be any more than like one, maybe two. It just, it seems like they've really set Garo up to be a very independent hero, um, which is kind of unlike anything we've seen in the, at least the ones I've watched, the Common Rider series. Here, here's so far, here's so. another reason. Here's another reason why I believe there's more, because Golm and other people have said the Makai Knights. Oh, yeah, that's true. So to me, that implies there's more than just Garo, whether they'll actually show up. I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. And it's with them, like, it's kind of hard to tell. And I think that that's, once again, something they do very well uh, with several things they mentioned. You can't really tell if like they're speaking as like in the present or if they're like supposed to represent these characters that don't really have a concept of time. So right. it's going to be kind of cool to see how that plays out, especially against like having them be the voice for the world. I, I, I'm anxious to see them in more, too. 
I really want to see um what happens with his dad's backstory stuff because it feels like they're like setting up a similar story or like oh, some true. kind of humanity or emotion that his dad showed that led to him being eaten. Yeah, they implied that, didn't they? They're like, oh, don't end up like your dad. He didn't do the thing that you need to do now. He didn't kill the lady that got the blood on her, so now he's dead. That's true, and they did use that scene with him and the little crying boy to kind of, like, showcase his humanity a little bit and, you know. Or, like, he found his dad's dead body or whatever, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> we don't know what that, fl- we have no idea what that flashback is to. Right, yeah. So there's definitely going to be something about that upcoming, I'm sure. Right. I do want to know also, like, the story of how you become Garo, like, how you train or whatever, like, without your dad there. <laughs> That's probably hard. Yeah. Right. Because they definitely show him, like, putting himself through very intense training, and it, it almost looks, like, superhuman the way he moves around. So, yeah, I, I want to see how they wrap all of this together. It feels like there's more of, a, like, an organization vibe, because, oh, like... Yeah. Golm has like the butler guy and he seems to do specific things and then like they're talking about like the knights and then clearly like being Garo is like a thing that can be passed on it's not like a just you know you get like a magical item you become Garo like you have to like do something to become it Mm -hmm. or like you're given the power so I'm wondering if we'll like get like a lot of other like just details on what makes the knight different how like it gets like parried like carried down like very uh john wick right now it's like oh there's a hotel there's a little room i i i just because of like what i know from other stuff i know that like the all the knights are very different it's not just like it's not just like gold garo silver garo pink garo like they're all very different characters oh that's fair that's like interesting because i know like it's probably gonna be like colors and weapons hopefully like have like cool designs or like gimmicks too right but um a question that i had uh for y'all based off of this like this is a show that made a new franchise in the middle of like a long time period of like the same franchises what do you think uh if you had to make a new toku franchise like stand out and be like iterated on like what would you do to make it different like what would you want to see oh man it's I think it's it's a little bit hard. I think like Garo is that series, right? Because Garo is not nearly, not even close to as popular as Sentai or Kamen Rider, but it it's travels in that same kind of group. And I wonder, I have to wonder, like, why why is Garo not as popular? Is it just because like it doesn't have that brand push, like from from Bandai or whoever is like making the toys? Like it just doesn't have that kind of marketing push behind it to like make it more popular because like i enjoyed this more than like even the best episodes of deno like these five episodes were just so much more like interesting the fights were better the characters you know at the moment i can kind of take them or leave them but just like overall this this is like way more my vibe and like obviously this is coming from a 32 year old fucking nerd so take that as (laughs) as you would but uh, it's just yeah like it has so much style and it's so different whereas like common writer some of it feels like pretty formulaic this doesn't like i don't know where it's going from here right like there's so much more like mystery and just the the like weird like japanese gothic nature of it is really cool because there's like not really anything else like that 
for me, like this time though is more like that. Like I do feel like a lot of the early like two thousands like Toku stuff was like doing this weird like melodrama stuff, and I like really think at some point like looking at something like Blade would be fun, like Comrade Blade or like some of the weird like mid nineties like Super Sentai. It's like interesting to see um this show stand out on that though and keep to that because like the other shows did get more mass market appeal for me i think like you could do like something that's even like more about like the like different audiences like maybe just like be like let's go full-on like romance novel or like let's go full-on like big team of um of people and it's like a squadron that's like beyond sentai it's like oh like here's all the people who do like emergency work in the city or something like, i don't know right i don't know uh what do you think Steph? you had like any uh make a new show no honestly i have to agree with david because i had a lot of the same thoughts watching it. it one of the things that once again i enjoyed so much about this is formulaic is a word that i had in mind like a lot of through a lot of these episodes because there was so much about this series that feels so much more like spontaneous and like the characters are actually living in the moment as opposed to you know with a lot of the common writer shows they do seem to follow a very similar you know we've got an issue there's a couple of battles maybe some are good maybe some of them aren't and then we get some kind of resolution and then we move on to the next episode where it happens all over again where with this one it it feels a lot more true to life like there are actual reactions and hesitations and like trying to form plans and yeah like this this is what i would have asked for it's a little bit darker a little bit grittier a little bit more just relatable in real life while still having a lot of the fantasy elements that make toku so much fun so yeah this is this is the one <laughs> the same year that like the that this comes out is Cobb Rider Hibiki and that first half have like that show we loved it because it had like a lot of these like character beats and was like a little more mm -hmm. serious in certain ways and I think like that show's famous for like the wheel being jerked towards being more marketable and more all ages and like reducing certain like scary elements and that's kind of like the shift that the shift there though because like from there the franchise does get brighter more toys gets like mm -hmm. less violent and like this show kind of just like came out and was doing that and like stayed to it so i'm wondering like if maybe it's just like the thing with like garo is hasn't been 25 years enough to get like nostalgia there you know yeah yeah maybe so and uh, when we watched Tabiki, i didn't not enjoy it at all i thought it was a really great series there was just something about this show taking a break from the common rider series that was really refreshing oh yeah um and of course uh who are our top three favorite characters that we all met top three characters yeah who are your top three david um okay we'll start at the bottom i guess uh now we're here yeah <laughs> <laughs> correct uh i despite kind of like Duncan Hunter a little bit and being like she's formulaic she's shitty she sucks I don't like her um Kaoru's okay I feel like she has room to grow we're only on episode 5 out of 25 right there's 20 more episodes she's got room to grow so she's probably my number 3 um I like 
Zaruba, the the ring, the magical ring, mm-hmm. who just like talks to because he's like kind of like he's like a little bit uh he's a little bit sassy. Yeah, he knows what's going on. And and then obviously like how could how could you not pick Koga? He's just so cool. <laughs> he's just so cool. Like I always make this comment of like uh of characters where like people write a character in the way that like a 10-year-old would like write the coolest character ever. You know, where like, oh, he's super powerful and he can do all these super moves and he beats everyone and he has the bestest weapon ever because like he's like the biggest Mary Sue, whatever. But like Koga is all of that shit and it works. And I don't know why he works and other characters don't, but he's just like the coolest dude in the best way. Whereas like all other characters are like, oh, they're like want to be the coolest dude, but they come off as like just kind of lame. Well, the problem is in those shows, they're the main character in this show. He's like kind of not in the show a lot. Like it's like much more about like Cower and like her like time meeting him, you know? Right. And I think also um, it helps that like he looks fucking ridiculous. It's like, okay, <laughs> this guy's a spectacle of the show. He's here to. He does seen. look ridiculous, but I'm totally into it. Yeah, he's like the he's like the Scott Steiner of Tokusatsu. <laughs> guys know Scott Steiner? I, I want. I, yeah, I know Scott Steiner. <laughs> Big bad booty, Koga. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll talk. I'll talk about it after after people do. Uh, their their other three characters for your character stuff okay uh this is tough because uh, once again already fell in love with a lot of these characters but uh number three is gonna have to be it's not gonzo but you got that in my head after saying it so many times the butler gonzo yeah um i i like him because even just playing like a support character he showed a lot of depth you can already see like there's a definite story but between him and Huga and, and all this time that they've spent together like i think he's gonna start to shine in some interesting ways coming up um number two is probably gonna be the uh the muse character the um the little girl who was her name golm yeah golm Karu Barun Rose. We just said that and I <laughs> forgot. Anyway, um, I really like um just the fact that we're seeing like this world information coming from a different source than we have before. Um, I like that whole mystical, magical aspect of it. Um, and the very first one, I'm gonna have to go with the landlord, just because I loved every scene he was in. He just could contort his faces in such ridiculous ways, and I always ended up laughing. So, yeah, those are my top three so far. Obviously, I like the um the main characters a lot, but I'm kind of waiting for them to develop out a little bit more before I pick them as a favorite yet. This is uh hard. I'm say uh number three. I'm gonna go for Koga because. He's all right. He's definitely like a little out of focus in like an interesting way. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, I'm going to go for Kaoru. She's our main character. They kind of don't always know what they want her to be. But when the show kind of like is focused on like her like Sesame Street style, like lessons of like money and I want money. I don't like time. <laughs> it's weird, but I think they like are doing more with her in the sides. Um 
number one is hard, but it's probably going to be Zaruba because uh, he uh, is just has a lot of personality. Mm-hmm. You can tell he's like he fucks, you know, like like he's just like a like dude. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know? He he fucks. Yeah, I think that's canon. Yeah, I mean, you know how different Koga would be if he fucking got laid. He'd be like, oh damn, this is a t-shirt. This is awesome. He'd be a lot more chill. That's for sure. Yeah. But yeah. Um, and you had a point you wanted to make, David. Yeah. Yes. Well, it, it, speaking of Zaruba, uh, this I didn't know until like I I looked it up. Oh, his voice uh, a little bit ago. His voice actor. Now I assume you know who his voice actor is. Yes. Steph, do you know whose voice actor is? I don't, but I do know he sounded very familiar when he spoke. It, uh, so Zaruba's voice actor is Hironobu Kageyama, who is the lead singer of the Japanese band Jam Project. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know Jam Project, they have done many an anime opening theme, uh, including, I'm sure that James knows this because he's covering it right now, Chojin Sentai Jetman, mm-hmm. uh, Dragon Ball Z. Uh, so like, just like hearing that, oh, I'm like, when I saw who it was, I'm like, that can't be the same. Like, there's no way that's the same guy. <laughs> And sure enough, it is. It's the singer fucking jam project is the fucking magic ring in Garo. Like, that's so weird. But I'm here for it. Yeah, I like it. And as a matter of fact, after my first episode, I started trying to find a ring online. Oh, it's, it's fucking cool. That ring is cool, it is, too. It's also next yeah. to impossible, but I'm going to keep my eyes open. <laughs> it's always, like, hard because, like, for, like, Hocus Pocus, you could always find, like, cool custom-made stuff. For, like, right. Garo, it's not as much, but... The show did get a, like, an American, like, Blu-ray, so maybe it's, like, got some notoriety. But um, worth noting, too, that um, this show does have a second OP at some point, so I think we might be getting that jam project at some point. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know if it'll, I don't know if it'll stand up to that, the, the first opening. Yeah. Because the first opening is fucking good. And honestly, the outro, I love the fact that it sounds like a love song you would have heard in the 80s. Like, I was entirely here for that. Yeah. It's sure like some feet sometimes. Uh, it's just uh, it's so good. Pretty first, everybody. David loves feet. So good. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Especially when they're toko fresh. Me, alligator, best friend. <laughs> really, the Garbage Pell Kids are the same premise as horrors, huh? Mm-hmm. It's like messy Tessie's here. Oh no. <laughs> uh she was the first horror that puked everywhere. Yeah, that's true. Oh no, when Greaser Greg shows up, well, that's it for fucking Koga. <laughs> He's done. But uh <laughs> what was our, was our favorite toku that we saw? The effect fight suits, whatever. Ooh, this is like this is probably the hardest question to answer because it's a new all franchise. We're fucking good. There's a lot of them. Um, personally, I like the armor. It's just like pretty solid. It can't move, but no, it's a lot of CG. But you know, um, for me, it was definitely the first time I saw a, a Koga transform when he does like the whole Halo and does that quick major transfer transformation. Jesus, into a golden knight. Like I thought that was the coolest I've ever seen. David. Uh, for me, 
I mean, I love the Garo suit. It just, it's iconic. Like, it's so cool. Like, nothing looks like that suit. Um, but other than that, I'm going to have to say the, the fucking, um, the chain lady from episode two. Oh, yeah. There's, like, the scene where she, like, goes, like, full chain mode and, like, swirls around her. And then she, like, she's, like, all white in that, like, weird, like, kabuki way mm-hmm. where her entire face is white. And she's got, like, the tribal painting. And then, like, this, like, uh, big visor comes over her eyeballs. Like, it's just, I don't know. There's, like, something so weirdly, like, quintessentially Japanese monster about it that I'm just like, yeah. Mm, yeah, it's, like, very much just, like, you've seen that design so much that, like, weird like half face like visor thing and like 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 different stuff know what it is yeah yep oh uh, and of course uh perhaps the most hotly contested category what was everybody's favorite outfit that they saw in the show oh jeez <laughs> oh, come on uh we got a main character we got a therapist we got some butlers oh man nah that, like this this is this is so easy. Koga is fucking dripped out the wazoo. That man cool as fuck. <laughs> what do you think, Steph? Oh man, it it it's a really hard call between him and that uh that therapist. That it, that guy was just dripping swag, wasn't he? Yeah, I guess since David went with uh Koga, I'm going to have to go with the therapist. He just couldn't put it past him, man. Every every scene he just looked like somebody straight out of the 70s you're just waiting for that big old medallion to blind you if he isn't a monster he's gonna like get like killed by one or he's do some shit right show or he's like a part of a love triangle which i think is unethical as a therapist but (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh i'm gonna say um good ass outfits but a third worth noting is i think that um they do uh, a great job of the butlers um, and like that. Uh, Mark Musashi literally looks very menacing in his outfit. Like, like he's just like this tall dude in this weird butler outfit in this cave and like an overpass. Great look. That's the end of our show, though. We have talked about the Garo. There's more Garo to come. We have uh, episodes six through ten later uh, <laughs> in two weeks. Well, not later. Uh, <laughs> just you know tune into your podcast feed in about an hour from now and we'll go ahead and discuss the next five uh, that would be a punchy episode that would be some stuff coming out <laughs> but um Steph where can we find you when you're uh, not talking about Tokusatsu oh well thankfully we finally got it together and Jackie and I just released a new episode so you can find me on www.arcademilitia.com or on Instagram at nobody much What's the latest episode at the time of recording? <laughs> latest episode, we were discussing what we call dystopian puzzle games because we played uh, Road 96 all the way through and found a couple of other games that had similar Big Brother vibes to them that um, we enjoyed playing through and getting to talk about how fucked up the actual government is, this, that, and the other. So check it out. Interesting. And David? Uh, you can find me at my podcast, the Tokyo Fresh podcast. Uh, just type it into Google. You'll find it. Uh, or you can follow me on my Instagram at Zyrell. Uh, I haven't used it in a while, but uh, I think I got some pictures I need to upload. Maybe I'll start using it a little bit more. But on that, that's where you can find me. Other than here, of course. Gotta put up some feet. Gotta put up some of uh, my sewer great Stacy up there. Just, you know. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I actually, I will say, uh, recently, the, the latest episode for Tokyo Fresh, uh, we interviewed uh, Chef PK. Do you guys know who Chef PK is? Uh, no, I, I don't. No, I can't say I do. He's he's uh he's a pretty big YouTuber who does like anime related like food reviews. Cool. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, very cool guy. Good episode. Uh not thanks to my poor recording audio sometimes. <laughs> I had to do like three hours of like fixing my audio, but it sounds okay on his end and that's all that matters. Well, no. oh. And uh you could find uh, me on twitter.com at James Ford. You could find the podcast at Cobin Riders Me. Uh on social media, there's CabinMurphy.com for episodes and articles. If you want to go right to the episodes and links out to different platforms and, and like ways to review, uh, there is CabinMurphy.com uh, slash podcast. And uh, please rate and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And then there is podcast at CabinMurphy.com for questions. And yeah, my last question for you all is, uh, what did we learn today? Oh, man. So many lessons. Yeah, I I think mine's gonna be if I see a watch that's been abandoned on the side of the road, fucking leave it there. It's not worth whatever's gonna happen next. <laughs> like I, I don't want any part of that. So, important question: What's the worst thing you've ever found on side of the road? Everybody, like you're walking. Maybe there's a CVS in your future. What's the worst thing you found? The worst thing? Like one time I found like a, a condom full of rocks. <laughs> which like it's like worry about that kaiju yeah that is somebody who was fighting for their life <laughs> look at macgyver was here uh one time i was one time i was walking back home um and i just saw a full raw onion on the side of the road oh <laughs> huh. like perfectly pristine i could have picked it up and ate it that day wow but i'm like Mm, street onions that's risky <laughs> fucking 90s 40s cop over here street onions that's risky <laughs> he decided he wasn't gonna bukkake his ramen with onions that day just relax no 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 <laughs> definitely not that makes you want to cry <laughs> uh oh, what's the worst thing that like you ever found on the sidewalk theft before we Man, I wish I could say like something strange because I am like one of those people that always find something if I go out walking somewhere. But honestly, just nothing more weird than like just one random shoe. And okay. that's only weird so much in the fact that like you look at it and you're like, what was your night? Like what happened that there's one shoe right here? And did you go home without shoes? Are these extra shoes? Like, it just raises so many questions, and it starts to get uncomfortable if I dwell on it. So, yeah, that's that's probably the worst thing. You should give me a flashback, Steph. There was a town near mine um, that, like, was doing this thing where it was, like, making the neighborhood near school look all active. Like, oh, look, there's a rainbow on this corner, all this stuff. And, like, <laughs> they <laughs> decided where other schools were, like, putting down like footprints and like be like oh like here's the way to learning or whatever like on like the nearby sidewalks um they <laughs> were like let's put some let's show the other kids here playing and like jumping around so in practice ended up happening though was they just had a bunch of chalk outlines of children on the ground <laughs> oh the my <laughs> that's, that's not what they were going for uh just like a child jumping Instead, looks like they're just like on the ground. It's like, it's like, oh, well, it's like chalk children. 
Like the and feet prints. Nobody thought that out, huh? <laughs> Not one person was like, hey, how's this uh, going to look when we're done? That's really funny. That's oh, my God. <laughs> like, that's something where, like, when you meet somebody from high school that's in small government, like, oh, like, why do you do it? And they're like, for the joy of it. <laughs> that's what that's their joy. Went <laughs> through stuff like that. Uh, yeah, so I guess uh, my lesson then is uh, don't don't listen to anybody who tells you to put something on the ground. <laughs> that's a good, good lesson, yeah. That's all set. Unless, David, like you have a, a lesson for us this time. Nope, no lesson. <laughs> Smart. Good night, everybody. And fuck you. <laughs> fuck right off. <laughs> At it with the shit. That's my favorite bit for Ranker Man. She's like, good night and fuck you. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, love it. That, that's just <sighs> testing for engagement, everyone. Like, like you should get to the end of the podcast. I tell you to fuck off. <laughs> You know what? I'm going to very next episode. I know for a fact Jackie's probably going to edit it out, but I'll go for it anyway. Just a long bleep. Just <laughs> that probably will be it. And make sure you like, subscribe, and fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Don't visit my website. Don't visit my show socials. Go fuck yourself. What's the Sama flinch? God damn it. <laughs> Sorry, that's the the thunder gets bloopers. <laughs> Good God. Uh, <laughs> anyway, you know what I think about you listeners. See you next time. <laughs> uh, I have just the right kind of ADHD today where I'll talk about fucking the bloopers from Thundercats, apparently. Perfect. <laughs> I wish I Hansel.